You're listening to the Bubba and Rocket Radio Show, where a kid and his dad share their experiences with youth sports, school, video games, and just life in general. And now your hosts, Bubba and Rocket. Is that okay with you? What do I say? What do you, what do you want to say? Bring it back. Okay. All right. So, uh, go ahead and start the show. Do I read this? You, you can uh, ad-lib it. You can read it. See, I, I've All got right. you a little bit uh, prepped here. Yeah. Like While you're at school, I'm working my butt off so we can do the Bubba and Rocket radio show to the best of our abilities. Yep. And welcome, everyone, to the Bubba and Rocket radio show. We've been doing this show since February of 2018, and... Dad is finally letting us have a guest on the show. Well, you know what? See, and this was scripted out, but you notified me that we did have a guest on the show. A, yeah. a very lovely guest, and that was Ellie. Yeah. Ellie. So that was that was our first guest. So this our this second is, guest. This is our this is our first guest of 2019. Woo! All right. So some of the topics today, you know, we are a baseball family. Yeah. We are a little league family. I still hear your chair. Creaking, even though yeah. I put the WD forty on it. I so told you it didn't work. That we long. have an extremely very special guest. Can you say extremely and very? Is that two adverbs? I have no idea. I don't either. But you're the one that's more fresh in school. All right, so we've got somebody from Little League International, and we're going to be talking about some major topics of Little League, especially with some upcoming excitement for 2019. Some of the, of the things, you know, we're a Little League family. Mom is is on, the, is on, on the board. On the yeah, board. Vice She's president. vice president. That's pretty cool. And uh, hopefully next year uh, she'll, she'll, be, she'll be voted in for president. So importance of Little League in a community. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the value of Little League in a world focused on elite travel ball. And boy, have we have had some uh, experiences with that. We're also going to, this is the cool part, inside look at the Little League Baseball World Series. You and I have been watching Little League Baseball World Series since you had baby fat. Do you remember that? Well, I don't know if that's like, it's seeming like an insult because it's like we didn't, it's not like I've been watching the Little League World Series since I was a baby. Well, I mean, you've it was on the screen. Yeah, and, uh, that's and true. You've been playing since you were two years old. And we got I remember to, starting to watch it a couple of years ago. and It was more than a couple of years ago. We've been talking know. about trying to get you to go to Williamsport for years, for years. Now, you started, yeah, in, so. started in Little League at how old? Four. Four years old. And, and uh, at 12 years old, you made it pretty far. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that. But we're going to talk about all of the excitement with the Little League Baseball World Series. And also our guest is, uh, he's got major efforts working with Major League Baseball to keep the game kind of relevant for kids today and uh, growing the next generation of baseball. All right. So yeah. I want you to uh, bring in our guest or introduce our guest. His name is Dan Vogt, and he's the Little League Senior Director of League Development and Regional Operations. So Dan, to say that five times fast. Yeah, I'm not going to try. Dan, Dan Velt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, it is such a pleasure having you on the show. We are we have been excited about it. When we found out that uh, we were going to have an opportunity to uh, have you on the show, we were very excited, and we actually had to postpone the show uh, yesterday to today. And uh, I, I got a, a text. I sent Bubba a text saying we've got to move the show, and he sent me a little emoji with the with the tear. Uh, sad, yeah, face sad, sad face because he, he was really looking forward to it. 
Well, how did Ellie do in her first show? Ellie, I want to see how much pressure there is on. You have a you have a, a lot of pressure. Ellie is also twelve years old, and Ellie suffers from a very rare disorder called EB. And uh, it's a rare skin disorder, and um, every year they do a benefit. So what we were trying to do was raise awareness about EB, and we had Ellie on the show, and and, and Bubba has known Ellie since uh, he was about three. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Bubba, do you have any questions right off before we get started with uh, the first topic that we're going to discuss? Not off the top of my head, but, but I'll think about it. Okay, sounds good. So w- what we were talking about was the importance of Little League in a community, and I'm going to hand that over to Dan. Yeah, I appreciate it. So first of all, I'm a Little League dad myself. Awesome. And uh, we just had our first practice this week. You guys are probably well into your season. We're about halfway. Yeah. Uh, we're it halfway was, uh, already? Yeah. Yeah. 65 degrees this week, Ooh. and everyone was dying to get outside. So <laughs> it was nice to get that first practice under our belt. But to answer your question, you know, Little League is so important to a community, mostly because kids um, kids enjoy playing with their classmates. And so not to get into too much of the research that we've done, but at the end of the day, uh, when kids have an opportunity to interact with their classmates, to play with their classmates, and regardless of their skill set or their skill level, having the ability to play against your friends and then to go to school the next day and say, we beat you, or to, to compare game notes and to talk about the game, that's huge. And that keeps kids engaged and it keeps them interested in the game. And so we feel very strongly that Little League is a community-based program, and not just for the kids, but for the volunteers as well. And so it helps us out tremendously that we have such great local leadership and such great local leagues that allows it to continue to be a community-based program. On that point, so Bubba, you remember year after year playing in Little League and uh, we would have, we would play all these different teams and you knew these kids for years and sometimes they were on your team and sometimes we were playing against them. And what, what do you remember what I would always say is the best part and this is what it's all about? Just being able to like play with your friends and uh, yeah, just be able to play with the people you know and like Dan said, like be able to talk about it afterwards. Like in my case, I had some of my teammates on the teams that I played on were teammates and then became classmates later, like with switching schools and stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's cool to be able to talk about like that stuff with friends. My favorite thing is when you're very, very competitive on the field, even when you're pitching against some of your friends and you're like in the zone, you won't even smile at the batter, but uh, it's, it's a cutthroat game. And then once the game is over, you see kids from both teams just playing around on the field, running the bases. And, and I always say, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I can still remember being nine years old and playing in the championship game against my best friend who lived down the street and I remember coming out on the short end of that unfortunately but um, <laughs> you know those things you just remember forever playing against your friends and the teams that you're on and to me it's almost sometimes I get emotional because my son being involved in it now and he's so passionate about baseball he's only seven okay things can change but uh, huge Aaron Judge fan huge fan of the game and so uh you know, it's it's fun for me right now because not only is this a job, but the fact that I'm so passionate about Little League and, and getting involved in my community is important to me as well. Are you coaching uh, your son? I am. This is my fourth year because I started him in T-ball. They were look classic Little League story. They were looking for people to volunteer and 
And I thought I was too busy and volunteered, started at the t-ball level. And so I've been coaching him ever since. And there's a crew of adults. And I would say that it's probably just as fun for us to come back and coach every year as it is for the kids. It's it's really an awesome experience because I've, I've managed uh, many, if not most, of uh, Bubba's teams. And we always said, and I'll ask you right now, do we have a good father-son coach-player relationship? Yeah, because there's a lot out there where I mean, you see the I mean, there's there's been some some conflict or some friction on the field, and, yeah. and, and you know you've lost your iPhone for some of your behavior, and you you think <laughs> it's it's you know it's dad and not coach, but you always have to remember it's coach. But as long as you you keep those boundaries and, and keep the respect, I think uh, you can have a, a long standing uh, relationship. And now. Uh, we're at a point now where he's playing baseball and others are coaching him and it's it's great to be on the other side of the fence and watch him while I manage his little brother who we call Zippy and uh, and he's in minors right now his first year of kid pitch so you're yeah. you're coaching your kid and is it coach pitch it's coach pitch yeah yeah those and are I have to tell years. you though I am probably the worst coach pitcher uh, <laughs> last year the first game I went out there and I was getting close to the kids and pitching and then one game I just could not find the zone and I actually hit a kid in the head oh. and it all went down from there so uh, and that's why we wear helmets and that's also why we have machines yeah well yeah there's yeah. there's some leagues uh, in our league where uh, where Bubba grew up uh, we used pitching machines so they yeah. they, they got used to a consistent uh, strike zone a consistent pitch but it was funny because he said he would rather have his mom pitch to him, so I had his mom come out from the stands and pitch to him, and she's now one of our assistant coaches, so it all worked out. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. funny. Bubba, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. So when you go to practice, maybe when you were younger, because I was talking to my son about this, what's the most, uh, what, about practice, what's the thing you look forward to the most? I mean, it's gone like over the years from different things, like sometimes... I'm really excited about like being able to bat. Sometimes it's being able to like field or other stuff. Sometimes it's just getting to see my friends there and like play with them because just fun. Yeah, perfect. I love it. Now, now all he cares about is uh, hitting home runs at the 200 fence, 200 foot fence. That's not true. That's not all I care about. How much did we do over spring break? Can we go to the field? Can we go to the field? Can we go to field one so I can hit home runs? Well, that's an added bonus to getting to do all the other stuff. <laughs> that's right. All right. One of the other topics um, that we wanted to talk about was the value of Little League in, uh, you know, the world and communities of, of travel ball, especially elite ball. And uh, we'd like to get your take on that. Yeah. You know, when it comes to travel ball, and we get asked this a lot, and a lot of people think we're completely against travel ball. And, and I wouldn't say that's not necessarily the case. It's it's important that it's more of a controlled environment because uh, one thing that we focus on is kids have to have fun and all the way up through the age of 12. And so we've found that if we can keep the kids engaged and playing the game up to the age of 12, they're more likely to continue to play and be a fan of the game for life. Uh, and so for us, when we talk to whether it's high profile college coaches uh, or some of our contacts with Major League Baseball, uh, it's important to note and they share that let the kids be kids and don't try to move too fast with everyone. So at nine years old, you don't have to play 100 baseball games. It's okay to play whatever sport it is during that season. Um, and that's not going to hinder your baseball or softball development. It's something that's so important that they preach to us. And we try to push down to our local leagues as well that, listen, 
it's a misnomer if you think that you have to play travel ball in order to make it to professional no, baseball get a yet. college scholarship not at all hundreds of people within major league baseball that uh started and played little league so it's important to note that yeah i i know of multiple like mlb players that like around the time of like players weekend or when uh the little league world series is also going on they show different uh players who also played in the little league world series like todd frazier or michael conforto yeah and you know it's funny we um one of the really cool things is we have their little league rosters on file here at our little league museum oh wow and so oftentimes we'll take those rosters and we'll share them uh, with the players so i've had a chance here with tori hunter or mariano rivera whoever it may be and you give them that roster and immediately they go back to their little league days they see some of those names that they remember some of their coaches and they just start telling you naturally stories about their little league days so i think everyone would look at it the same way and it's important to continue to push those community-based programs i, I think you're 100 percent right and i will tell you that uh, being in south florida or florida alone uh, travel baseball is so prevalent and we have seen it uh, and read articles uh, all over the country how travel ball has really eaten into the little league community and what we're trying to do what we discuss in our household and, and my wife being vice president, uh, we try to talk about different ways where we can create a bond between uh, South Florida Little League and travel ball because uh, my, my son has been part of both of them for years. And it's, it's funny because this was the one year because you had mentioned something about too much baseball and he is involved in travel ball now on a team that's getting ready to go to Cooperstown. And this was the first year since four years old that because they're going to Cooperstown, we decided to take a break from Little League at the beginning of the season. And then we started considering he, he saw his friends. We went and watched a, a 50-70 intermediate uh, division game with all of his friends playing. And he was sitting in the stands and he's like, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play Little League. And we talked about it and we figured out what we can do to, to, to actually make it happen. And we realized it was going to be baseball six days a week. And with school and everything, we determined, uh, what did we say? It was it was just too much. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And that's exactly what we talk about when we say a controlled travel environment, or even you could say a controlled Little League environment, is there is something that's too much. And so you have to balance that out for kids and, and let them be kids. Uh you know, as kids evolve in the game of baseball and softball, as they get older, kids develop differently. So you could have a 12 year old that's pretty talented and, and ready to take the next step in the game and have some more elite competition or competitive opportunities. And then you have some kids that just enjoy hanging out with their friends. And, uh, you know, they're not too worried about their batting average. They like to get out there. And so if there's an opportunity for me to still play with my friends and at the same time to give me a competitive opportunity, you know, a few weekends out of the year, we think that's fine. And it keeps the kids engaged. And, in fact, we allow that in some of our programs. So there's an opportunity to do both uh, because we want them to stay within the Little League family. Yeah, um, that's kind of how it worked out for me for, like, for a couple years and I think Little League is like a great place to start for like t-ball and coach fish just getting to know how to play the game and then as you go up if you keep going up with Little League you can like maybe if you can balance the Little League and the travel and maybe let that segue into playing school ball. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm fortunate enough within this position that I get to travel a lot. Um, and so last year we were in Curacao for the Latin America regional meeting. And you may know the, know the name uh, Jerkson Profar, yeah. who is from Curacao, played and won the Little League World Series, and now I believe plays for the Oakland Athletics. So Profar still goes back to Curacao in the off season and a number of other major league baseball players are there and they were telling us that you know they never played travel ball they only played little league and in fact they still go back and train at their little league field the small field in the off season because number one it's important to them that the little leaguers get to come out and watch them practice and number two which i find amazing is it teaches them to hit line drive so they hit on the small field keeping the ball down not trying to pop it up out of the park and it was something that i just found was absolutely amazing that they train there every day the players come out they give them clinics and practice with the kids and it's really the same way in puerto rico if you talk to a lot of those players they're passionate about their little league days and i think the point to the story is is a lot of those players did not play travel ball and they're uh, having a lot of success at the highest level i think that's that's extremely uh, cool now before we go into our next topic uh, I kind of wanted to use this as a little bit of a platform to just get a point out as a as a dad and as a coach um, with uh, hopefully so many kids listening that are involved in Little League or thinking about getting involved in Little, little League or love the game of baseball. And I say this to all of the, the players on the teams that I manage. I don't always have an opportunity to say it to, to other kids because they're being coached by other coaches. But my main thing is is you're, there's good coaches and bad coaches out there. It's going to happen in, in Little League. It's going to happen in, uh, in Pony League and and travel ball wherever you go mm-hmm. soccer whatever the case may be and I always say to the kids it, I, I first ask them do you love the game and and they say yes and I would say don't ever let one coach that gives you a bad experience take baseball or soccer or taekwondo or whatever the case may be don't let one coach take the game or sport away from you if you have a bad experience because of maybe a relationship with one particular coach give it another chance so all of the kids that are listening if you are having a great baseball season or a great uh, sports season that's awesome if you're having a little bit of a tough time maybe adjusting maybe you're not one of the strongest players or maybe your coach is expecting too much out of you just think about it if 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 it's not the greatest situation Give it another season with a different coach and see if that next coach can uh, bring some love of baseball out in you. Yeah, Russ, I would add to that that, you know, that is, I feel like you're in one of our meetings this week. (laughs) That's uh, something that we really hit home where we try to hit pretty heavily here is the fact that um, coach education is extremely important to us. And the number one reason why kids choose not to play the game is the experience they have with their manager or coach. And so if you go to Little League University, where we have a lot of our coach education video clips, it's really designed to make the game fun for kids. Uh, But you're absolutely spot on that 
you don't have to be an expert at the game of baseball and softball. You just have to be willing to have fun and, and give your time. And then we want to give you the tools to be successful. And so that's very important to us. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. And I agree. Uh, I did have a, an experience where I had coached a kid uh, season after season. And I had an assistant coach that was a little bit tough, uh, a little bit loud and a little bit uh, boisterous. And the next season, the kid did not play baseball for the first time in years. And I and I asked. And they said, uh, you know, uh, the the assistant coach uh, kind of took the love of of the game away from him and he just stopped liking the game. It broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. I I see this perplexed look on your face. You're trying to figure out which player it is and we're not going to talk about it on the air. Yeah, well, I'm I'm really trying to think here and I can't think of anything. All right, what's the next topic we're getting at? Because I know you're going to enjoy this. An inside look at the Little League Baseball World Series. So what do you have to say about that, Dan? Yeah, so first of all, Bubba, I definitely think you should come join us this summer for the World Series. Oh, that would and, be awesome. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll give cool. you the behind-the-scenes tour uh, that I'm sure you'll enjoy. But, you know, an inside look at the World Series, um, our partners at ESPN do such an amazing job of telling the story for us, and they really bring it to life. And it's one of the amazing things about our program is you don't have to be a baseball or softball fan to enjoy the World Series. It's a good opportunity for families to uh, to enjoy the World Series. It's a shorter game. Uh, it doesn't last as long. And um, with ESPN telling the stories, it allows families to connect over the World Series. But more importantly, what you're worried about and concerned about is uh, – here at the at the World Series, all the players stay in what we call the International Grove. All right, and I was wondering players, what that was. Yeah, the Grove is a players-only headquarters. It's a housing area that uh, very secure, so only the players can stay in there with the coaches, and we have a few staff members that go in there. No but parents. It's really where they can... No parents. No, the parents have uh, some some visiting hours that they can come in after the game and it's really just like in a tiny mini olympic village wow so um inside there the players have they have their own housing area and we try to pair the dorms the u.s teams with the international teams so that they can get to know each other a little bit uh, we have video games in there you have ping pong tables we have a swimming pool you have a cafeteria and like i said it's just where you see kids running around being kids pin Hats trading lots of lots of trading pins lot, no doubt absolutely lots of pin trading areas in fact we always have to put up uh, more picnic tables because there's a lot of pin trading going on but that's definitely a popular activity in the grove that is awesome yeah. that, that reminds me of the barracks in, oh, in like cooperstown. cooperstown yeah let me let me just explain because i had said that you're going to cooperstown you're 12 and you're going to cooperstown yeah. this year Last year, he played up on a travel team that gave him the opportunity to go to Cooperstown. So in in the same summer, he went to Cooperstown. He came back and was on the Little League All-Star team, and they ended up going all the way to state. So it was a very, very exciting baseball summer. So, Bubba, you were close to going to the regional (laughs) tournament in Warner Robins last year. Yeah. Yeah, we were were like, didn't we, we... made it like didn't we I, i'm trying to remember if we beat one team and we just needed to beat like one or two more yeah we to get to the next level or if we just didn't perform I, well i don't remember because we had we had some kids we had all of our kids available and then some of them couldn't be available for certain games and it uh it got a little wonky but uh i'll tell you what in the end uh we were in tampa 
and we we won our uh, the last game we played we won in a walk off correct um, wasn't that that was a walk off I don't know don't I you don't remember, remember. Uh, he he came running around and then everybody oh, was cheering yeah. and he got yeah. slammed in the I head got slammed in the face <laughs> they were cheer they were jumping <laughs> up and down so hard and and I'll tell you what and it was one of those moments where this is what it's all about we all went back to the hotel and we gathered around the pool. We ordered uh, some some Italian food, some pizzas and stuff, and the kids just had a blast. Yeah, we got kicked out of the pool at the hotel. <laughs> they <laughs> were a little loud. loud. That's okay. You're allowed to do that after a big win. So yeah. that, that sounds like a perfect Little League moment. Bubba, I haven't even asked you, what position do you play? I've played in a lot of places over the years, but right now I'm kind of in between third base, shortstop, and pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, the... The other note I would tell you about, um, you know, behind the scenes at the World Series is the players are like rock stars when they're here. Is They have the ability to walk around and to make friends here on the complex, which is outstanding. But one of the things that always stands out to me is it's really amazing to think about you have a team from Japan that comes into the World Series and these kids are flying thousands and thousands of miles. It yeah. usually takes them well over 24 hours to get here because they have to fly from Tokyo usually to New York City or Philadelphia then they have to take a three and a half hour bus ride to get here to Williamsport and then when they get into Williamsport we greet them so you have kids from Japan coming to a country that they don't speak the language um, but at the end of the day they make friends with everyone there because they're all there to play baseball and have fun and so the beginning they may be a little bit shy and kids don't know each other uh, but you have kids using google translate <laughs> and other things that communicate with each other and to me that's the most impressive amazing thing about the world series is the play on the field is phenomenal i mean these kids are amazing for 10 11 and 12 years old but the fact that they get to develop these friendships and get along so well off the field and, and have fun at the same time is i wish everyone could see that uh, and one of the things I wanted to ask as well with uh, with that said is how many stories do you hear of long-term bonds and relationships of kids that, uh, you know, that, that play from uh, other sides of the country or even other sides of the world? Yeah, you hear a lot. Uh, so every team that's here has what's called a team host. And they're volunteers that um, have done this for a long time. And, and each year they pick a team that they're assigned to, and it's two individuals. And they really help the team from sunup to sundown. So they give them their schedule, and they keep them on time. They keep them moving around. And you hear kids that um, have grown up and got married, and they invite their team host to oh, their wow. wedding. So not only the volunteer component of it, which makes the World Series so great, but absolutely you hear... Um, players talking about how they still communicate with each other and, and, and nowadays via social media it's a little bit easier so definitely you uh, have lifelong friendships that started the World Series. Yeah it sounds that sounds really cool and uh, like a fun experience. And you came so close. Yeah so we, were, close. We, were, we were two levels away. So what we have to do is uh, develop your brother and uh, or continue to, to develop your little brother and, and see about uh, developing a, an all-star team by the time he gets up to to the little league division to the 12s and uh, see if we can do it again yeah all right we have uh, one more thing we wanted to uh, to talk about with uh with mlb um the efforts of little league working with major league baseball to keep it um keep it like relevant with uh fans and uh and players 
Yeah, we are. We're so fortunate to have a, a partnership with Major League Baseball and Commissioner Manfred, uh, the first Little League grad to hold the position of Commissioner of Major League Baseball. And in fact, his first official visit as Commissioner was to the Little League World Series. So it shows you how important the game of baseball and youth baseball is to him. Um, and so that's allowed us, ever since that time, they've been so fortunate, or we've been so fortunate to work with them uh, to really grow the game. And um, they provided us opportunities to, what I would say is to introduce the kids to the game. So whether that's kids having opportunities to go to Major League Baseball games and do pregame parades on the field to different play ball events where we're just keeping it loose and having fun, uh, those are the things that we're focused on is we want to get as many kids out there picking up the balls and bats and playing the game and having a good time. Yeah, that's just really good. We don't know yet. Uh, do we know yet what MLB teams are going to be playing at the Little League World Series? We do, yeah. The Pirates are coming back. This will be the second time they're playing, and they're going to be playing against the Cubs. All right, nope. so they keep it pretty pretty local. Well, Chicago's not really. Yeah, yeah we've had the Pirates and the Phillies... Um, but, you know, speaking of the MLB Classic, where they come in and they have a chance to come over to the World Series before actually playing a game at our minor league field here in Williamsport, uh, the first year when they came in, no one really knew what to expect, and uh, the players were outstanding. I can remember I was watching, uh, kind of working the game at Volunteer Stadium, making sure everything was going okay, and the Pirates had a number of players. I remember Sterling Marte and Francisco Morelli. They came down and went right into the dugout, and they were just so excited <laughs> to get the players pumped up, and they were cheering for them. And I remember telling one of the coaches that, listen, there's really no rules here today, but that's probably the only place that the players can't be. So if you could go get them out of the dugout during the game, that would be perfect. And I don't think it uh, mattered to the kids. I think they enjoyed it, having some MLB players in the dugout during the game. But that was the one thing that we had to do. Yeah, I remember seeing on TV, they were like sitting behind the backstop at some of the games. And like, as you would go around the channels, you'd kind of see them at different games. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine uh, being in the dugout at uh, Little League World Series if the Astros were there and Altuve came and uh, came to hang, hang out with you guys? That would be pretty cool, but I think <laughs> that would be a pretty far journey for the Astros. Yeah, people are coming from uh, Japan to play. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Dan, what a pleasure it was having you on the show today. I can't thank you enough. No, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I uh, I hope you guys can make it up here to Williamsport. Bubba, maybe you'll play in our Intermediate World Series in Livermore, California. That would be outstanding. Ooh, would be but cool. yeah, we hope yeah, to see you guys cool. here this summer. Yeah, if uh, if we have a chance to get up, we'll 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 come up with a microphone and uh, maybe maybe Bubba can interview some some kids. I know. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. That would be really awesome. Uh, an experience yeah, for him. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any last questions for us before we uh, part ways? Yeah, I think probably Bubba. Well, for both of you, Bubba and Russ, what's your favorite little league moment? Hmm. Oh gosh, I might need a little bit of time to. I, I, I will say um, we we as a as a family have worked hard. Uh, we are very competitive. We we definitely uh, uphold the little league values, but uh, when it comes down to playoffs, we like to win. And I would have to say, winning championships. We've won we've won some championships in our uh, league in our yeah our district. We well we won district uh, last year, but just you know being at the game where you know that this that next play. I mean, I'll never forget when uh, 
uh, I think it was Jack, and uh, we were the Astros, and ball high, and he swung at it, and that was it. We won. Yeah. We won the championship for that season. Yeah, I mean the championship is probably one of my favorite parts, but um, I also remember we had uh, an All Star game and like Coach Pitch, and uh, oh yeah, we we uh, it select. It was it was Coach Pitch select. Yeah, we pulled through and beat like the team to beat at and we are playing because we got knocked down to the losers bracket by I think that team the first the first game yeah the they first knocked game, us down we had to play like four days in a row and we beat them and after that we were just all so tired we, we played, couldn't go through anymore I'm gonna correct you we played six days straight we it was played really that much it was six the sixth day you guys were done and uh and and it was Parkland that beat us it was? Yeah, it was. It was. No, they won the yeah. whole thing. Wow. Oh, the, that was a good question. The last though. thing I would say is uh, we have to make sure we say thank you to mom for being on the board. Oh, yes. Probably yeah. the hardest position is doing that. So please make sure you say thank you to her for us. <laughs> would, yeah. you say, would you say it makes her a little crazy? The things she has to deal with? And, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing she brought, which was really exciting. Very, very tiny little thing. But what she brought to our uh, league was the ability for the kids to pick their own numbers this season for their jerseys. Oh, yeah. It's a small thing, but I think for the kids it was the, pretty big. For the kids, it's huge. And um, I'll, I'll tell you, there's a lot of 99s out there. <laughs> Good yeah, old I judge. know that would be my son's number. It would. Well, let me say best of luck to your son and his development throughout Little League and you coaching him. Enjoy every moment of it. Soak it in because it does go fast, but uh, soak it in. It's it's an awesome experience. Yeah, I appreciate the advice. It was great talking to you guys, and hopefully we'll see you this summer in Williamsport. Yeah, Dan Velt, Little League Senior Director of League Development and Regional Operations. We so appreciate having you on the show today. All right. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you. You too. Dude, how awesome was that? That was really cool, yeah. <laughs> that was, and, and to know, just the, the experience at uh, at the, the, the Little League World Series that he explained. Oh my gosh, and you guys were so close. Yeah, that, that, that was, I, I was just very surprised at all the stuff that you got to do. I really didn't think it was. Well, and I'm sure it's much. it's all that and so much more. Yeah, because oh yeah, for sure. For sure, no, it's yeah. it's going to be interesting to uh, to watch it and uh, and and uh, we we got to figure out a way to get up there. I think the fastest way up there is by plane. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and close it out. I'm I'm just uh, I'm elated with the, that interview. It was awesome. All right, um, did was I did I just make that noise? That was like oh. I, maybe. Okay. Are you making funny noises with your mouth again? I don't know because I was like I was saying all right. All right, and then, all right, dude, close out the show. All right. Make sure to tell all your friends about the Bubba and Rocket radio show. You can find us at BubbaandRocket.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean. No, no, you got to say Podbean the way you always say Podbean. 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 Apparently, we are not on Spoke anymore. Well, I don't think Spoke is anymore. Because Spoke is not anymore. Spoke may be, but... And it is now. So Sirius XM, and uh, they've gotten together with Pandora, and we will hopefully be on Pandora. Uh, and by the way, BubbaAndRocket.com. It's Bubba, A-N-D, and then Rocket is spelled... R-O-C-K-I-T-T. R-O-C-K-I-T-T. Dot com. Dot com. I'm going to go eat something, because I'm starving. Thank you for tuning in to the Bubba and Rocket Radio Show, the show that kids and parents can enjoy together. 
We're working on the next exciting episode, so stay tuned.